and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon are here on a Tuesday. It's uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 on the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial, wherever you're listening. We appreciate you are and hope you'll stay with us for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you on a program that's going to have a whole lot of NFL conversation, especially in the first hour. Here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will take a look-see at uh, three of the four locals. The Vikings are off this week. Jeff Hughes will kick things off from the Bears blog in about 15 minutes. And then Nick Athen on the Chiefs, who got back in the win column after looking lethargic in the first half against the football team on Sunday. And then Dave Sinekin on those NFC North first place Green Bay Packers. Matt Snyder from CBS Sports. He writes about baseball, and he'll talk about it with Trent and I at 11.05. And Derek Duke from Heartland Sports. They do such a great job with the Big 12 Conference. Derek Duke will join us. Uh, he's really their football guy, and he'll be with us at 11.30. Mr. Monday Night got off the mat. We'll talk about that at some point. Uh, the, fo- the football game was really good. The baseball mm-hmm. game was really bad. I don't know if I watched more than 30 pitches of Probably, the baseball last night. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood. I was into that football game. It was last a good night. football game. It was entertaining. Yep. It turned out to be good. Yep. Of course, you always have the concern because of how bad Tennessee's defense is. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo they just played scored pretty well yesterday, each and every time, and of yeah. course got the stop late. But I guess that's kind of where we got to start, right? The decision, fourth and one, a field goal ties yep. the game, and going for it. So I want to, I want to open to you. I want to hear what your thoughts were as you're watching that unfold, Mister Old School, right. Mister Hates Analytics, <laughs> where you were. Even before, as he runs up under center, oh, they're really going to do this. No, so this is going through my mind. They're they're going to win the football game, but not cover. Aha! (laughs) Because there was no doubt in my mind Josh Allen was going to score. Yeah, And I thought it was the right thing. He was going to get the first down there, and then it was going to be a touchdown. Absolutely. Game over. He was going to get 38-34. But he slipped. He slipped. He slipped, and it it happens. Look, I still think Buffalo is a really good team, one that I will not be shocked one bit if they're at SoFi Stadium on the third Sunday or second Sunday in February. Second, right? It's in February. No, I know it's in February, but it's not the first weekend. I think it's the second. Anyways, it's later than it normally is. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind he's going to score. Uh, to hell with the field goal. Let your team win it. Um, Josh Allen is a big, big dude, and I, I thought he was going to score. I really did. So, did you no, have a problem with it? I, I, kind of more than I think I normally would in that spot. And this isn't any kind of revisionist history, or anything like that. Yeah, it's Josh Allen. I mean, he's one of the best running quarterbacks that we have. He's a big physical guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to get the half yard, and get the first down. Things happen. Plays get blown up. Mm-hmm. And credit also to the defensive tackle that pushed yep. that guard yep. right back into him as he slipped down. There was It wasn't just strictly a slip. There was movement in front right. of him yep. that led to the slip happening. But I looked at it this way. First of all, all right, kick field goal, tied up. And you think, well, you get the ball, you're, you're going to score. You're going to win the game because Buffalo's offense is just that good. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of went a little deeper. Got to win the coin flip. Yeah. What if you don't 
get the ball. Right. Because your defense is not playing well. They were not yesterday. I was surprised that uh, the Titans had the success that they did. Well, look, Derrick Henry was all world. And how about Micah Hyde? Good for you. (laughs) Put his nose in there. The business decision that he made was the right one. Uh Uh, And there's a lot of guys that would have tried. But he's on an island there, right? Mm -hmm. It's if he, if he wouldn't have, he would have been exposed for the whole world to see. Uh, he, he really had no choice, but he stuck in there, and uh, he, got, he got Henry on the ground. And boy, you know, it's not only is he as big as he is, as fast as he is. Well, on the long touchdown. Oh man. my God, he was twenty. What was? The, what did they clock him in? Did I hear them say twenty-one and change Something miles like an hour? Yeah. And then one. This is fast as a small car. So they used to and show he's built like one. This highlight a lot when he was at Alabama it hasn't happened as much anymore. But him playing in high school. And it really oh looks God. like a varsity high <laughs> school player playing middle school. It, it really does because he is so freaking big. The guy is just, he's an absolute monster. He's playing in the NFL, and he looks like he's playing mm. at a different level than everybody else just because of the sheer size. Well, I feel bad for is. Josh Norman every time they're in prime time. They're going to show that, uh, that stiff arm when he just picks him up and moves him. He, there was one shot as they were coming to the field. It was in the fourth quarter. I can't remember which drive it was, but it was just kind of one of those solo shots as he's trotting out onto the field. Just seeing how gargantuan he was. Afterwards, he's doing the the post game. Did you hear what he said at the very end? I'm glad you brought that up. How excited he was to be talking to Miss Lisa. Yes. How about that? Thank you. Thank very much, Miss Lisa. Now, she's not a big lady by any means, but just them standing close right. to each other. But I thought, I mean, how, how many NFL players in the, I mean, they're, they're jacked completely upright. It's the mm-hmm. end of the game. Their team just won. And he, th- and he thinks to thank the Miss Lisa who just did interview him. I thought that was great. He's great. Yeah. It's a great story. Right. And this Tennessee team, they got warts. But they're fun. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have a team like that. Those receivers. And the dregs that is oh. the AFC South. It's good it's, to have Tennessee. Yeah, it, it's a terrible. But for that reason, I bet them at 28-1 to 1 just because they took a flyer. Right. Um, if they can find anything. That's def- just it. Defensively, they were good yesterday. There was a couple of times, though, they cut to Vrabel. Oh, it was after the two-point conversion. Oh, Vrabel early in the game. It was just like he couldn't believe it. Every time he's guy. shaking his head. Vrabel, I like Vrabel. I do, too. I get a kick out of him. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach, but he's a good coach. Mm -hmm. And you're a defensive guy, and you see, what do you do? They're they're running the Philly special against you. The two-point conversion was spectacular. The the tight end just, no, just get it out. I mean, he knuckled it over there. That's what he did, too. He just got it out. But Josh Allen was all by himself. And on that play, and showing you how bad the defense can be for Tennessee, even if he didn't pitch that, on the first end around coming around, yeah. he could have just it walked to been, the end yeah, zone. It would have been very close. I agree. He could have. He could have just walked to the end yeah. zone, didn't even need that. And but. would have saved that one in the bank because now <laughs> right. it's out there. Right. Maybe <sighs> the next time he does run it, you know, if they have to run that, that type of play again. So Buffalo's now 4-2. Mm-hmm. We thought, I thought, I thought this was the best, best team, team in football. football. Yeah, I was with you. I mm-hmm. thought this was the best team in football. And I still think they are. Tra- okay. I... Let me phrase it differently. Can get to the Super Bowl and represent the AFC. Sure. I think they absolutely can. Look. Who are you taking over them? Baltimore? That would be about the only team right now. That was really impressive. Yes. What they did on Sunday. That would be the only team right now. They made the Chargers look awful outside of that early drive. And I thought the Chargers were pretty damn good. I did too. Early window. Well, that but, has to do with it. I think that has something to do with it, right? But think of this, too. The Chargers can't stop the run. Of course, that's a terrible matchup going up mm-hmm. against Baltimore. But what if they do get Tennessee 
in the playoffs. Who are you taking in that game? Yeah, Derrick Henry. Tennessee and L.A.? Yeah, okay, Derek I'll still Henry. take Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and their ability to run the football against a Chargers team that can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is fun. You know, the AFC, it's not just that they have a bunch of good teams. They have a bunch of entertaining teams. Yes, Teams absolutely. that are fun to watch. The evolution of football at mm-hmm. the NFL level, finally. Cincinnati's fun to watch. They absolutely are. Chase and Burrow are, are terrific. I mean, how about that combo? And you got Boyd and... You They're fun a, to watch. Mixon? Joe Mixon's mm-hmm. really good. That's a fun, entertaining team. You go through here, and it feels like every one of the playoff matchups that we quote-unquote could get in the AFC mm-hmm. is going to be good. Mm-hmm. The NFL primetime continues to deliver game yep. in and game out every single time. It's going to be great. And so, Trent, we haven't even brought up the Chiefs. Haven't brought up the Chiefs. Who still... Are they into your top ten now? Yes. As we power rank. Yeah, I did I did mine yesterday. In you fact, did. I had to get up this morning and redo it because I couldn't keep Buffalo one. Right. I wanted to because I still think they're the best team. Here's the team that makes no sense to me as far as the lack of respect that they're getting. And and that's the only unbeaten team in the league for out loud. And no one they're eleven to one this morning. I checked. Eleven to one to win the Super Bowl. There are, I don't know, a half a dozen teams. Um with shorter odds than them. What am I missing? All right, let's look at Arizona. What they've done this year. Week one, killed the Titans. Looks better, certainly after mm-hmm. last night. Week two, they should have lost to the Vikings. Should have. Agree with you. But they found a way. Yeah. Well, was that was that was that the uh, the missed thirty seven yard it field was. goal? Yeah. Jaguars in week three. That's they were awful. down in that game. Yeah. And came back and won at thirty one nineteen, but not a pretty game. Killed the Rams, and that mm-hmm. was impressive. Good win. Beat the 49ers, a pretty pedestrian. And then what they did to the Browns this week on the road. As banged up as Cleveland was. You know, and it, that's a good. I'm glad you said that because if you're thinking you're going to bet on Thursday night, make sure you're aware of the injury <laughs> report because it is, it's awful. I mean, for both squads, but in particular, the Browns, Baker Mayfield, both of their running backs, both of their offensive tackles, both of their edge rushers, Clowney and Garrett are both questionable. What? Jadavion Clowney's hurt? Imagine, oh, Trent. That, that's, that Imagine that. Imagine that. Right? Uh, but yeah, but check it out because the injuries are. We may be getting turning on our TV on on Thursday night and get a full dose of the Case Keenum experience. I don't mind the Case Keenum experience. Well, I didn't mind him as a Viking. He certainly didn't shine as a Bronco. But oh, then again, true. it's been a while since it's been since 2015 since there's been a quarterback that shone in the Mile High City. And even that one wasn't very good. That Not season. at the end. Not no. in that season. He wasn't. That's true. But still got a Super Bowl yep. out of it with yep. Peyton there. Let's go to the NFC. We're talking about the undefeated Cardinals. Mm-hmm. If it's not them, Green Bay, you have to throw in the mix. Oh, I've got the answer, Trent. And I've had it for a couple of weeks, and you're not buying in, but maybe finally you will. Because they're team. legit. Yep. They are absolutely legit. C.D. Lamb did nothing for three quarters. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, fourth quarter in overtime just yep. turns it on. Who would you rather have, him or Jefferson, the, of the of the second-year receivers? Sure, I'll take either. Okay, <laughs> you can have one. I'll take the other. Right, right. right. Yeah. Whoever you don't want, and I'll yeah. take the third pick. How about right. that? That that team, their ability to run the football. Zeke looking in the mirror and understanding. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. No, the, the, it, it, it is me. It's not just offensive line's not no. as good. And Dak was hurt last year. I'm going to rededicate myself and get back into the shape I was at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Doing that, having Tony Pollard as a backup running back, it, it's pushed him. And a defense now that has. A pulse, yeah. at the very least. You glossed over the reason they're 5-1. and one. That's number four. The MVP. Yes. Kyler. Absolutely should, is in the conversation. Derrick Henry's in the conversation. Josh Allen's still there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
And we can we bet that here? We can't bet the Heisman. We can bet the MVP, though, in Iowa. Can we? Can't we? I don't know. I, I think we can. Okay. have to take a peek and see yeah, if those I, odds You know are what? Maybe there. the legislative session. Um, when does it start, Jan? We were ways off yet. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the, if there'll be any sports things on the agenda for the p- politicians when they reconvene. Probably some bigger issues. Well, true. Now for you and I. For no. you and I, right. <laughs> the ones that move our needle right. is let's have some, you know, some uh, some props involving college players. Yeah. You know, Hall versus Goodson in the Cyhawk from this year. Uh, stuff like that. Um, we'll, we'll see if that uh, does pop back up. But yeah, I think Dak Prescott is the reason that this team is 5-1. and one. And they are clearly. Look, they, they kind of tipped their hand on opening night, right? Who didn't think that the Buccaneers were going to clobber the Cowboys on that Thursday night? Well, Mr. Thursday night did have. Oh, you did? The Cowboys to cover. Mr. Monday night, by the way, is 3-3 three and three on the year. You need to lay off him a little bit. All right, well, you, re- you redeemed, or he redeemed himself last night with the total play. They got you know, Murph and Andy tweeting at us, giving me yeah. a hard time. Jeez. <laughs> but that one, you love those bets that they're over early, right? Right. They're not yeah. sweating. And that was not one of them. No. Even I mean, at, what was it, 2017 of the half? I mean, you're yeah, yeah, over halfway there, but still. Good about it. Yeah, it could happen. Both teams are moving yeah. the football yeah. and felt incredibly good. Fun night. No, it was. Now, the baseball, just real quick before we get Jeff Hughes here. It, like you said, you watch 30 pitches. I'd probably watch somewhere in the na- same neighborhood of that. Today's different. I mean, these are perfect. Yeah. Uh, and it's all about me. <laughs> your, your old line right. that I absolutely love during October. Tuesdays and Wednesdays yeah. are for baseball. And 4 o'clock in the afternoon is the National League game, not the Eastern Time Zone game. Uh-huh. The PT Time Zone is 2 o'clock in, at Dodger Stadium. Game 3, Braves, L.A., 4.08, first pitch, 7.08, or they'll probably back it up if the National League's not done. But that's the, uh, uh, that's the American League. And all of a sudden here, Trent, these Astros are up against it. They're teetering. With they, that pitching staff, or what's left of it? Well, they're going with Grinky today. Well, I mean, every now and then. Every now and then, but... Well, he, he was, was the, forced to go with Grinky, though, right? He was on the COVID list. Uh-huh. And when he came back, he was bad. He's pitched just an inning out of the pen here. Uh-huh. What's a realistic expectation against the way Boston's swinging the bats oh, here? Oh, my God. You're hoping that he gets into the fourth? Yeah. And... And he's given up maybe just a couple runs. Mm-hmm. I, it almost feels like that's a best-case scenario here. Well, of the, let me put it this way. I mean, no, I shouldn't because the answers were just too easy. Uh, of the two teams that are trailing in the series, more likely to come, which is, the, which is the trailing team more likely to prevail? I still think the Dodgers. I do, too. I win too. four out of five, and they got their own set of well, issues. Well, that's just it. Right? you got to win four out of five to get through to the World Series. And using Urias in the fashion that they did, what mm-hmm. he's going to be when he comes back. 20-game winner. He didn't look great, obviously, out of the pen when he came in there. He got Bueller today. Mm-hmm. But Morton's good himself, too. Yes, I agree with you. He, he, uh, what did he last his last start? Four, I think he is went four in his last, his last Isn't start. Isn't it just so weird, playoff baseball, yeah, compared to they, there, used there's to? There's no margin for error. Mm-hmm. If you if pops into your head, if you're a manager, that maybe in the regular season, should I leave him another batter? So, yeah, mm-hmm. probably. That's no longer the case. No, not at they, all. They, they yank him right away. Different world, and fun it's world. The right way. Playoff baseball is a different animal. It's it a different, different animal. You know this um, from the from the other day, and I know it happened over the weekend, so we're not going to pay too much attention. How about the minor league players are going to get their 
uh, room and board or their accommodations paid for. Finally. Finally. I mean, it co- it's in some cases, it almost costs you money to play minor league baseball mm-hmm. to to prolong your dream of changing your life and a lot of people's lives mm-hmm. in your family. But getting to the show, and finally, Major League Baseball is going to force their... Um, they're gonna pay. They're gonna pay for the for the housing for the players. Way overdue. Way overdue. Can't believe it took this long. I'm with you. But usually, change. You mm-hmm. need something big that happened, and you know, there's been stories that have been written now the last couple of seasons. Just you know, we're always understanding. Yeah, they don't make a whole lot of money. Well, but- and, and here's the thing, Trent, and I'm, I and you're right about that. I wonder if this is kind of a get the PR back on our side because look what they've done to minor league baseball. Absolutely. The contraction of it, mm-hmm. right? And all those small little towns. Burlington. Yeah, there you go, Clinton. including in our state uh, that have had their minor league affiliation taken away from it. It's not a good look. Maybe, maybe um, that's their way of changing the narrative, if you will, a little bit, regardless of whatever's behind it. It's the right thing, and we're glad that it's uh, that it's upon us because, it's like, as Trent said, should have happened long ago. All right, uh, we will get to Jeff Hughes momentarily here. We'll recap uh, the Bears, what he thought, get his take on what um, what's, what's the most important thing for this Bears. Don't forget, in about oh, six, seven, eight minutes or thereabouts, we'll give you the hour first of two keywords for the day. Be listening to that. For that, rather, your chance to win $1,000 with the keyword promotion that is back and will be um, in place here at least for the next, for the foreseeable future. We'll put it that way. Jeff Hughes is the Bears blog, and he joins us. Jeff Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing well. So you you saw the game against the Packers, and um, I, I guess I want to ask you, isn't this about the big picture? I know that you know the start maybe that the Bears had were teasing their fans a little bit that, you know what, maybe this will be better than we thought it was going to be. But are they losing the big picture, and that's the development of what I think a lot of folks, myself included, I know you're the same way, believe is a franchise quarterback. Isn't what this year is all about, the development of fields? A hundred percent. And I wrote about this today. I think the Bears have to now start transitioning out of this idea of run the ball, run the ball, throw on third down. This is our path to victory every week and start letting this kid do more and make this about his development. Matt Nagy's only got one argument to keep this job next year, and that is Justin Field looks like a star quarterback over the second half of this season. I don't see how that's going to happen in the current structure of this offense. They are trying to eke out as many wins as they can in 2021. And we've seen now, listen, they've played a difficult schedule here to start the season, a little bit more difficult than many people expected, and they've done well. But they're exactly what everyone knew they were. They are a middle-of-the-road, 500-ish team whose ceiling is a game on wildcard weekend. And right now, they can't be thinking in those short terms. They've got to be thinking long term. Everything's about field and finding out, A, is this the coaching staff for him moving forward? And which guys on this roster are going to stick around as he continues to play? Green Bay, of course, gets the Bears on Sunday 24-14. Aaron Rodgers goes into the end zone and hollers at the fans, (laughs) I own you. And uh, as a Bears fan... He's not lying. All I could do is smile because, you know what, he's absolutely right and let him jaw because he's earned it. How did you take that one as a Bears fan? I found the whole thing a bit weird, to be honest. You know, this this hasn't been competitive. No. I mean, this is the equivalent of Mike Tyson knocking out his, like, 18th consecutive guy 
standing over him and being like, see, I told you so. It's like what everybody knew about you. Like everyone, this has not been, this has not been a tight race. It also struck me as him saying, I still own you. As if there somehow had been a period of time where that ownership had ceased and he has regained it. This has been consistent now for years. And I don't know. I know a lot of Bears fans took offense to it and went after Rodgers about NFC title games. Whatever Rodgers needs to, to motivate himself, well, that's fine. The Bears should understand. If you want to be competitive against the best quarterbacks in the league, you have to line up with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's it. There's no other way around. There's no way to beat these guys consistently unless you've got one of them. So hopefully that's Justin Fields. And Bears fans can take solace in the fact that Aaron Rodgers probably only has one more game against them as a Packer. Yeah, he did say something weird. uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it sounded like he thought he was going to be back in that building. And I know that you you don't need to wear a Green Bay jersey to get in to play the Bears, but... I mean, how do you take that? Do you take that that maybe things are getting uh, patched up in in Green Bay, or is he? How did you how did you uh, hear what he said? Well, it's not. I I have been told by several people around the Green Bay Packers they're going to throw a lot more money at him. They do not think they have another quarterback on that roster, and they're going to throw a lot of money at him, and they're going to try to keep him. That was sort of the, the arrangement they made. Now, if Rodgers decides at the end of this season he'd like to go elsewhere, the agreement they made is they're going to let him go elsewhere. But the Packers are not going down without a fight there. They're going to do everything in their power to keep him. But there's going to be a lot of suitors in this league looking for him on a three-, four-year deal. And the longer Brady plays, the longer these teams will be convinced these guys can last. So uh, I still think he's going to go elsewhere. But don't, I will not be surprised if the Packers blow him out of the water with a huge financial offer for three, four, even five more years to come back and play quarterback. Khalil Herbert found something there. Six-round draft pick out of Tech. I remember him at Kansas. He was fine. How does this happen? How how does, I mean, does it just show you once again, running backs are a dime a dozen? And does he even get a chance if Montgomery doesn't get hurt? Right. Listen, I think Ryan Pace is good at drafting players late in the draft. And I think we see this time and time again. Jordan Howard was a good pick. David Montgomery yeah. was a good pick. Tariq Cohen was a good pick. We thought Eddie Jackson was a good pick. That's a topic for a later day. Uh, Khalil Herbert is a very good pick. They have talent on this roster, and it just keeps... When I see a guy like Khalil Herbert play the way he played in week six of the NFL season, knowing he would have gotten no chance to play if Montgomery were on the field, that's when I start asking questions about my offensive coaching staff and wondering... If you think you've got this weapon on your roster, why is he stashed away three deep at a position, on a depth chart? You need points. You need playmakers. You need explosive plays. I still wonder, as I watch this team play, why they went out and signed Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird. Why Jimmy Graham is back on, on for $7 million. What is this offensive coaching staff doing with the players they've been given I tweeted about this this morning. I, I sort of put out some feelers yesterday and said, "Is this gen- are, are these general manager and head coach, are these guys still irrevocably linked? So if one goes, does the other go? And I'm getting a lot of mixed responses on that now, where I think Ryan Pace is starting to wonder if he's not giving this coaching staff a little bit more than they're getting out of them. And I see a guy like Bill Hubbard, and I, all I could think of was, this guy should have been playing week one. They, they do not have the luxury 
of keeping talented offensive weapons on the bench. And I just wonder if their self-evaluation is anywhere close to where it needs to be uh, for an NFL team. Jeff, just a couple of minutes left. Let me pick your brain on this, this Sunday. They go to Tampa Bay, late window, 325. CBS has that. Uh, of course, this was the game that, that Tom Brady had a brain cramp, right? He lost track of the downs in that football game last year when the two teams played. I wonder if, uh, I mean, still got to irk him, right? He's never been hard or very seldom been embarrassed in his life. That was one of the few occasions. I wonder, I mean, not that he needs motivation, but how do you expect this game to go? I just think the Bears are going to need to come out with an entirely different offensive philosophy this week. This is the best run defense in football. This is the best run defense in football with Tampa by 20 yards per game. That's how good they are against the run. If the Bears think running on first and second down is your strategy, they're going to be in third and longs, and their quarterback's going to be on the ground a whole lot Sunday. Uh, Tampa's going to score. They're going to score in the mid to high 20s. They score that against everybody. I think the Bears will be able to create the kind of uh, pressure up the gut on Brady that makes his life a little bit more difficult. But they're going to have to go out there and score points. So unless Matt Nagy is willing to spread this offense out and run it through the quarterback, they're looking at a very long day in Tampa. Uh, Jeff Hughes, dot com. Jeff, thanks for doing this for us. Catch up in a, uh, uh, down the road here. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Dan. Thank you. Good to talk to Jeff Hughes on the Bears. We will take a time out. We've got a couple more of our locals to do. Vikings are off this week. Uh, we've got the Chiefs next, uh, next with Nick Athen. Boy, the first 30 minutes was brutal in that game. Yeah. That was bad. Patrick Mahomes looked like uh, that was his first game in the league. One interception that wasn't his fault. The other, as egregious as he's thrown right. at this level. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad. But he turns around. Do you see his price to win the MVP? No. Let me get this in front of me here. So we talked about a lot of the top contenders. Yeah, no, we never talked about it when we were talking about the top contenders. Well, Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, but what other name? Who did we miss? You know, the quarterback that beat Mahomes last year. Oh, yeah, Tom Brady. He's not bad either. No. He's uh, six and a half to one. Uh, Mahomes is 16 to one. I made worse bets than that. Uh, right? <laughs> Uh, it's for time right now to try and give uh, one of our listeners a thousand dollars in the thousand dollar handoff. We ask that you text the keyword "grand" to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's grand to Corey McAnally for counsel. All right, 1035, Miller and Condon, welcome back. If you missed it, the keyword for the 10 o'clock hour is grand, grand, 200, 200, your chance of winning a grand. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com, uh, where he opines on the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's more than a Chiefs uh, site, it is a sports site. Want to spend some time, you got some free time, you want to read about sports, that is a good place to uh, spend uh, well, you spend significant time there. Uh, and Nick joins us. Nick Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Nick Athen? I'm doing uh, pretty good, guys. How about you? Doing well. So, Nick, uh, we were, Trent and I were been talking. We thought that that was probably Patrick Mahomes' worst half of football, maybe in his career. The first half against the football team, but certainly turned it yeah. around and ended up throwing for just shy of 400 yards in the game. What was, uh, I guess, pinpoint if you can? What was behind that uh, that first half performance? You know, I just think Patrick Mahomes is pressing. You know, I, I you know, the defense. Is a big concern. Uh, he feels like he's got to score on every drive. You know, he's got the pressure of the entire Chiefs' kingdom to 
go out there and win the Super Bowl every year, which is unrealistic to think. But that doesn't matter. That's what the fans want. And you got players who are pressing and are peaking. You know, Tyreek Hill is peaking. Uh, McCole Hartman, you know, has got fumbleitis. You know, Pringles had some fumbles. You know, and Clyde was hilarious. I mean, all these mental things have piled up. And I think they just kind of forgot how to play football and just got there and have fun and, and just do your thing and be a good teammate. And, you know, it, it's just simple things. I mean, I, I said this to you guys in the summer, the only team that's defeating the Kansas City Chiefs in a single game this season is the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now they're 3-3. Three and three, And that's the reason. So in the second half, I understand there was a little um, there's a locker room fire. And they came out in the second half. And as a team, I can't think of a better half I've seen this football team play in the Patrick Mahomes era. You know, maybe maybe outside of the, the Texans thing, but they weren't really that great defensively in that, that Texans comeback. But for, for two quarters, I thought they showed some passion. They showed that, uh, that drive to kill. And uh, that's what they have to have to, if they're going to pull out of this mess. 16-play drive uh, in the fourth quarter, salted that one away. Ty- Taylor Heineke has looked pretty fun at times. No, not bad. He did not. A yep. couple of three and outs in the first mm-hmm. half out of the defense. They Was this more Heineke not playing at the level we've seen in the past, or do you feel Kansas City defensively is figuring something out? Well, I think you know having Fenton on the outside has helped. I think having Thornhill back is a, is a real free safety and letting Matthew – you know, play all over the field. And that was his best game, probably one of his better games to the Chiefs from, from four quarters as well. You know, he was all over the field. And he was making plays and he was hitting people. Um, you know, that's kind of, that's what we've been missing um, for this defense. And I think, you know, they got a little bit of pressure. You know, the Redskins, you know, they put up some points and they put up some yards the last three games. So it isn't like, you know, this is a, this is a terrible offense. They certainly have runners galore and they've got great, good receivers. And the Chiefs just made more plays. They put some pressure on them. And outside of the mental breakdown on the Ben Neiman coverage, quite honestly, I, I thought they played as close to a perfect defensive uh, performance as they could, considering where they played and how they played in the, in the previous uh, five games. Hmm. Well, here come the Titans next uh, on, on yep. Sunday, Nick. Of course, we watched the Titans last night, and Derrick Henry was back to being his old self. And the, the defense for the Titans was better uh, than we uh, thought that they were going to be, certainly, had, or had been uh, up until that point last night. When you look at this Titans, what do you see? Well, I mean, it all starts and stops with Derrick Henry. I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, the Chiefs have shown in – the last two meetings, uh, if they don't uh, if they don't take care of the line of scrimmage and clog the lanes, he's going to destroy them. And when they do, as they did in the AFC Championship game uh, a couple years ago, um, you know they 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 basically he was a, he was a new point in the second half. So, you know the key to this game is going to be to fill those gaps. Something the Chiefs really struggle with, um, you know, limiting Henry to to, to big gains. You know, if he's in the secondary or gets past the front seven, it's over. I mean, he's going to score a touchdown. So I thought the Bills made some really good adjustments on him in the second half. I think they gave up on the run. The Titans did a little too much. However, you know, obviously they won the game because of a bonehead decision by the Bills head coach. But nonetheless, um, the Chiefs have to do two things. One, they have to play with the swagger they played with against the Redskins. And Patrick Mahomes just has to go out there and have fun and spread the ball. And this could be a debut, big debut for Josh Gordon. I think he's going to get some reps this week. Um, and I think if that happens and the defense, like I said, 
can be a little bit more aggressive. Tannehill's mobile, but he's not overly mobile. But Spags is going to have to bring the blitz, and the corners are going to have to play really good coverage. Two weeks away from the trade deadline, there was a lot of rumblings last week about yep. Marlon Mack of the Colts, maybe a potential tie-in there, maybe looking for a defensive lineman. That's been a conversation as well. The problem yep. is they don't got much cap room here. How big of a deterrent is that in today's NFL? Well, I think the Chiefs might have some news today. I'm 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 fifty plus optimistic that you know Marcellus Wiles uh, Wiley's going to get released from the Texans if he hasn't been unofficially or officially released yet. It doesn't look like there's going to be a trade there. Uh, his agent is Todd France, who has a really good relationship with Brett Beach. Uh, he's also really good friends with Tyron Matthew. Um, I've heard rumblings that he would like to play for the Chiefs. So reading the tea leaves as I'm laying them out for you on the table right now, I think Marcel Twiley could be a Chief today. Um, I think it would be a terrific fit. I think uh, I think the Texans and the Eagles and and are uh, a couple of teams that are going to start having fire sales along with Jacksonville. Uh, but this is a situation where he asked for his release. It was granted. Uh, the agent didn't want a trade scenario worked out. He wants fine to go to a team that he wants to go to. So that's a possibility. Uh, Marlon Mack is interesting. Um, I think Williams did a really good job, uh, but I don't know if he's that that breakaway running back that this offense really, really needs. They need they need someone with speed. I still think Mack is a possibility, uh, but if they're going to add a trade, any trade, either Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew are going to have to redo their contracts or extend their contracts in order for the Chiefs to have any cap money this year. Good news is on the horizon next year, with a new salary cap, they're going to have plus $50, $65 million in cap space. So that's going to be good news for them. But now they got to clear some money. Uh, Nick, we got one minute left. How many teams in the AFC, if you were putting power rankings together, in your mind, how many teams in the AFC are better than the Chiefs? Right now, after six weeks in. Hmm. Bills, Ravens are definitely a better football team uh, than the Chiefs at the moment. Um, I don't think the Titans are. Um, Chargers? I think, uh, Chargers, maybe. I mean, Chargers showed some, some holes the other day that I, mm-hmm. I I didn't think would be exposed as quickly as, as they were. But, you know, everybody was saying, you know, Herbert was the, the second coming and MVP candidate. And he goes out there and he lays an egg. So I, they can't stop the run. And in the postseason, you have to at least reasonably stop the run. And I don't think that's going to get fixed either. Just like I don't think – all the Chiefs' problems are going to get fixed, but I think I think those are the those are probably two three teams that might be better um, than the Chiefs right now. But that ain't going to be the case in Week Eight, Nine, or Ten. Mm. I don't think you did mention the Broncos. Nor should you have. Hey, <laughs> fire your head coach. I know, I know. Fire your GM. He's he's, he's done. When, when when Bezos comes in, I guarantee you he's going to quit. Else, including the GM, the it's team, all going to be turned over. The team Everything. is for sale. Good stuff, Nick. I I know the Broncos aren't even right. in, not even in that conversation. I shouldn't mention <laughs> in the same sentence. Nick, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Nick Athen. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good Appreciate to it. talk to you, Nick Athen. Uh, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Dave Syndicate on the Packers. Uh, still to come this hour. It's a busy one. Hour two baseball and Big Twelve conversation. Uh, Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KX and one zero in Ankeny. Welcome back. Ten minutes before 11. 
Done the Bears, done the Chiefs. Take a look at the Green Bay Packers, shall we? Dave Sinekin. You can read Dave at theheadcheese.com. That's his blog on those first place uh, Green Bay Packers. You can hear him Sunday mornings on KFAN with the Packer preview now in year 26. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on as always. Before we get into the game, I want to go post-game and get you in to interpret, if you can, uh, what Rodgers meant when he was asked about you know the Soldier Field uh, play at Soldier Field, and his, and I think I'm paraphrasing, I know I'm paraphrasing, said, I don't think this is my last one. What did you make of that, Dave? Is there hope that this uh, marriage can be solved? Yeah. Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, I found that really interesting, too. I didn't expect Rogers to put that out there, but it, it does make you just say, all right, the door clearly has not been closed, if you want to interpret those comments in that way, which I certainly did, and I think a lot of people did. Um, I don't think he would close the door right now anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. in the middle of a season, you want to make it sound like, you know, this organization and he are, you know, together and in it to win it and all that stuff. But to actually mention that, I just thought was kind of interesting. And, you know, for us uh, Packer fans that are, are hoping this is not the end of the Rodgers era, it, it does give us a little hope. And, you know, seeing how much beating Chicago still means to him yep. and sticking it to their fans, um, <laughs> just – you know, that's why we love football, to see that kind of reaction uh, with your, your star quarterback. And, you know, it's not just a business. You know, it, it means something to go into that rival's house and, and shut up those fans. And you can you can tell it still meant a lot to him. He looked great in a Bronco uniform. Anything else, <laughs> get him out of there. I'm so sick of seeing him. And there's no comeback. There's no comeback that he had because he's absolutely right. He owns the Chicago Bears and probably be a better owner than the ownership group they have. That's a different conversation, though, <laughs> Dave. Let's uh, let's jump in. And really, the running game got going, I thought, in a big way. No ridiculous numbers, but impressed once again by Dylan. Just He's a big dude, but he's got those pitter-patter feet that he could just make an extra move in there, one cut, and he's gone there. Feels like that running game, even with that new revamped offensive line, starting to come into its form. You agree? I do. I think that was my biggest takeaway from... Sunday and even the last two weeks is that the running game finally does seem to be getting its footing, if you will, um, averaging five and a half yards per carry against that Bears defense, which was intact. All those questionable players like uh, Keem Hicks and Khalil Mack, they were all on the field. Uh, so to average five and a half, rush for 135 against that defense is a really good sign, especially, you know, you're still without Bakhtiari. Uh, Josh Myers, the center, went out in the first series with a knee injury. So you're shuffling again on the fly. And, um, you know, it was a very efficient day for Rodgers because of it. He only dropped back, I think, 25 times, got sacked twice on the first series, and that was it for the day, I think. Maybe there was one more. But um, the offense sets up everything. It's uh, how this Kyle Shanahan-style offense that the Packers employ works. The running game starts everything. And, yeah, they both, both Jones and Dylan broke really long runs on Sunday. And Dylan has just given us a taste of what, he could mean to this offense. He's still figuring things out. And the previous week, when he caught four balls for about 50 yards, he showed another element that we hadn't seen before. So yeah, it's a really nice duo. Um, it's nice to have two because, you know, nobody stays healthy all season. But when they're both able to complement each other and give each other rest, then Green Bay's offense is 
uh, moving the way they wanted to move. Well, you mentioned Bakhtiari, and he's going to practice apparently tomorrow day for the first time all year. Now, I, I think it's there's no way he's going to play against the football team. Short week next week, they go to Arizona before going to Kansas City uh, to, with for the Arrowhead Stadium experience. Any chance he plays Thursday in uh, in Phoenix, or do they hold him out until the game against the Chiefs the first Sunday in November? That was my thinking going into the season, looking at you know timing and everything, and knowing that that short week might be difficult. But it wouldn't totally surprise me if he played in Arizona, um, knowing that he's got ten days to recuperate after. But Green Bay traditionally ten months removed from a, a ACL is the bare minimum when they want guys back, and you know they want Bakhtiari back for the long haul. So they're going to be very uh, conservative. But he looks so good in the summer. I mean, it, it looked like the way he was moving, that he was pretty much ready to go. So I, I think you're right. I don't think there's any way he plays this week. I'd say there's maybe a 25 to 30% chance they start him in Arizona. But failing that and failing any setbacks, I can't imagine he would not play in Kansas City in Week 9. J.R. Alexander still recovering nicely, I think, is the term that they put out there. What does that mean? What are you reading into it as they await? Is surgery needed for their fine cornerback? Yeah, that's, to me, the biggest hold-your-breath a bit of news for Green Bay fans and, and for the organization. I'm, I'm not reading too much into it's healing nicely. I You want to keep your opposition off balance and, and not give them any hints as to what you're going to do. Uh, I'm still concerned that he won't be back this year, that, that they will opt for surgery at some point. But uh, they're giving it time to see how it heals. And you know, so they say, you know, it all looks good. But uh, I think we'll know, you know, in the next seven to ten days, what his future is for this season. And, you know, Packers played the second half of that Bears game on with without five preferred starters on defense. Mm. And they're all important in their own ways, but, you know, nobody's more important than J.R. Alexander. And, you know, we'd love to have him back for Arizona, for Kansas City. But if you could tell me right now that he'll be back after Thanksgiving, good as new. I'd sign up for that right now. No doubt about it. He is so critical to that secondary. Uh, Jalen Smith, will we see him this week? Of course, the Cowboys I was came as a surprise. I mean, he was the leader of that linebacker group, uh, despite the fact that Parsons is you know the best player or will be at some point, but Jalen Smith was the guy that they looked to. Uh, does he play? What's the likelihood we see him for the first time as a Packer? Well, he actually played 13 snaps oh, did on he? Sunday. I didn't yeah. see him. And uh, looking at the tape, it was not good. Uh, it was... Oh. Actually, alarming. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, he just looked lost. Uh, took bad angles. Um, you could probably go to Twitter and find it. It's it's not pretty. Now it's game one. He's still learning the scheme. Not going to go crazy, but uh, the first look at Jalen uh, at Jalen Smith was not a very encouraging one. And when you've got Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes when he's healthy, you got two guys that have really gotten off to a good start. Um, I love to see Jalen Smith work himself in there and give Green Bay another speedy athletic linebacker to rotate in. But, um, yeah, first look was not real encouraging, I'll say that. Mm. Dave Sinek in theheadcheese.com. Dave, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll, You know what, since the you guys are Thursday against Zona, maybe we'll push you back a couple of days. You can preview that game with us on Thursday, should your schedule allow. All right? Sounds like a plan, boys. Thank you, Dave. Have a great week. Appreciate it. You too. Take yeah. care. Dave Sinekin, the head cheese. 
com. This is your wild card matchups right now. If the season ended. If the season were in six games into the season. All right, what do you got? Tampa hosting the Vikings. I'd watch that. Yeah, of course. Packers hosting the Saints. Well, I'm going to ask you this. What game won't you watch? I'll watch them all. Right. And the Cowboys-Rams in Big D. Holy crap. That's the. F- that's not fair. AFC, Baltimore with the one seed. You'd get Chargers-Broncos. The Chiefs would be out. The Denver's not in the playoffs today, are they, they really? Are. They're ahead of the Chiefs uh, with, uh, with I don't know how the record comes out here. Denver's awful, trend. The Titans would host the Raiders. Could be okay. entertaining. Yeah. And the Bills welcome in Cincinnati. That's entertaining. Two young quarterbacks. Ah, uh, fun stuff. All right, uh, to baseball we go. A couple of games today at 4 o'clock. That's the National League early. I'll be caught off guard with that one. Dodgers, Braves, 408 first pitch. And then seven after seven, we'll get back to the American League. David, or Derek Duke, rather, covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. We'll pick his football mind at 1130. Miller and Condon are on 1460 KXO and 106.3 FM.